On episode 224 of the Tennis Files podcast, you'll learn how to improve your returns and develop winning strategies with Carew Cell. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. Welcome to the Tennis Files Podcast, bringing you advice from the top minds in tennis to help you improve your game. And now, here's your host, Mehrban Iranshad. Hey there, this is Mehrban, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. And this is going to be part two of my interview with Carousel. If you'll recall, on episode 223, we talked about how to simplify your serve and develop a winning mindset. So definitely check out episode 223 if you have not yet. Um, But on this part of the episode or part of the interview, we're going to pivot to talk about how to improve your returns and develop your own unique winning strategies commensurate with your abilities. And we're also going to talk about Karu's experience being a practice partner for Naomi Osaka, how he ended up with that position, and how Naomi really is like, because obviously Karu has had a lot of experiences with Naomi and you know practicing and conversing and so forth. So he is in a very good position to let us know uh, exactly how Naomi is. And in addition, we're going to talk about Carew's favorite books and how he developed his My Tennis HQ YouTube channel, which you all should definitely check out. And so we will have links to um, his channel and books and other links uh, on the show notes page for you to check out. Um, But before I present the interview, I would like to give you my pun of the day. And here it goes. The Queen of England's son used to play a lot of tennis. His favorite racket brand was, of course, Prince. Yes, I know that's a very corny pun, but you know what? I hope you got a wry chuckle out of it somehow. Alrighty then. Uh, With that, let's turn it over to uh, my interview with Carew. And, you know, if you'll recall as well, because I always do bios um, in the intro, Carew was ranked as high as 371 in the world and has notched over 100 wins at UCLA during his time there. And he's rated as a 15.01 UTR. Uh, so that's really, really <laughs> high. Uh, and he's won several futures tournaments. So there you go with the bio. And with that, I will turn it over to my interview with Carew Sell. Enjoy. Awesome, man. Yeah, appreciate that. So, I mean, you know, as we mentioned, you got to the, the 300s. So you obviously, you know, played and did really well in futures. I mean, you, you said you played in challenges as well. So I was curious about like, you know, the, the range of tournaments that you played. Was it, was it futures and challengers? Like, did you play any uh, other tournaments as well? I played futures and challengers mostly. I, I got in one ATP qualies. Um, I got into Winston-Salem qualies. Nice. Uh, so I played that. I was actually up a set in a break, break against a, a guy who was like, I think, top 100 at the time and kind of choked, oh. choked that one out. Don't use um, that word. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, 
but played mostly futures and challengers. I was kind of like in that uh, weird, like three, four hundred at the time. Like the, right. the challengers were thirty-two draws, so it was a bit more difficult to get into the the challengers. Um, so I, I I wouldn't say I didn't do that well in challengers. I also like didn't play that many. I needed to like be in that level for a, a little bit longer. I think um, I had a. In twenty late twenty eighteen, I had a little injury in my hand that mm. kind of sidelined me for like three months, and then you know I couldn't defend pretty much two of my future, Claremont future and SC future that I had once. When I came back, I was like around like you know I was in the five six hundred or something, mm-hmm. which was totally fine. I, you know, again, I I had plenty of confidence that I could go through the futures like fairly quickly. You know, I within like two three tournaments, I had made a final already. So. I was okay with that, but it was at that that year that they tried that stupid transition tour. Oh yeah, thing that they they changed the rankings and futures weren't counting for for ATP, and all of a sudden you're at mm. you're at um, like I was like 500, but I pretty much had to like restart. I, I had to like start playing 15Ks again, and I was like, this is this is mm. so idiotic. Like, what is going on? Yeah. Um, so that kind of like pushed me a little bit over the edge there that I, I wasn't enjoying it. And really mentally, I was like, "Well, why am I doing this?" So that that was like a little little tough that there uh, coming back from, especially coming back from an injury and feeling like now I'm playing tournaments that don't matter pretty much. So so yeah, it was just um, tricky situation. But I played a you know a, a lot of events. I'd say you know challengers like the level is already super high. Like you yeah. know most challenger players are would be competent competent players like playing top 110 is like they can sure. all like you know win it's just a challenger tour is really difficult um to to break through but it was a you know i got to experience a lot of it and i think in, even if it was a short time on tour I, I i had a great time awesome man and yeah can you can you explain that um you know you mentioned the transition tour thing like so you said like was it some of the futures didn't count like the uh, or how, how did that so work 15k 15ks didn't count Okay. HP points anymore and then 25ks they would give like one point for the finalists and like three points for the the for the the Ooh, winner but that's it you know <laughs> the, the the futures yeah but the futures would count points for this new itf uh ranking so you you the top so challenger for you to play challengers um there would be spots for like the top itf like ranking whatever transition tour ranked guys so all of a sudden there was like a lot of guys who played like a bunch of 15Ks the, the year before and they had all these transition tour points technically and they could get in the spots in the challengers because then the challengers had like four transition tour spots or something. I see. But all of a sudden like only like 10 guys would get in this challengers instead of like, you know, I could before I, I could go compete in a challenger qualities at 700 in the world and qualify where they took away the qualities of challengers. So all of a sudden the, the path, which was already terrible, like it was already like difficult it was like almost ridiculous that you had to win like eight futures in a year to to make some challenges that is so crazy God. it was so crazy obviously they 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 figured out you know they messed every, everything up and within six months they, they changed everything so back so it was just like a stupid thing and a waste of everyone's time so you know now they, they were trying to make it so it's like, oh, there's going to be less people in the ATP rankings so we can take care of them better and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, that is BS. Like, you're not going to. 
Uh, yeah. You're still playing like you know for 150 bucks in a challenger. So no, it was a it was a, a silly thing they did. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely unfortunate. Um, so your transition, you know, from the tour, I guess you you know you play. So how many years was that that you played? Like three ish, four? No, no, I played. Re- it was like 2017 to like 2019. Okay, okay, got it, gotcha, man. Yeah, um, a couple years. Gotcha. And, and then how, how is that transition then? Um, you know, it's interesting, I'm sure for any, you know, well, I guess our, most of our audience is probably like three, five to five players, but you know, like for those who transition away from the tour, like yours, you know, a lot of them, I'm sure are like, oh, what the heck do I do now? So uh, what was that for like, uh, for you? Like, it was, yeah, I mean, it was a little, a little bit difficult. I think, you, you know, you, you try to figure it out like, okay, now I don't have to, train as hard or like you know tennis becomes actually kind of enjoyable because you don't feel like you, you necessarily yeah. have this like pressure of like just be getting better all the time so like when i was right. on court just you know playing and having a good time was actually kind of nice um i mean i think it's just i mean you start doing other things and i started you know coaching a little bit and you know kind of filling out your your day with other stuff and all of a sudden like you just priorities just shift I, I think for me again it wasn't if I had the financial financially for a little bit longer, uh, even if I was just breaking even, I probably would have still be playing. I think I, I would have, you know, be I would have enjoyed like to be playing still, um, but not at a not at the cost of like, you know, putting myself through a bunch of debt or you know, like just not feeling like I could, you know, could afford you know my bills or something like that. I think I think that's a stupid thing for someone who, you know anyone who's pretty much in the ATP rankings is at the top, you know, 99.9 percentile of the sport. And, you know, right. A lot of us cannot, can't afford, you know, our bills, our coach or whatever. It's like, yeah, so it's, I, you know, that, that part of it is, is, is just something that I, I, I couldn't enjoy. And I, I just had to step away from and, and kind of do my own thing, which eventually, obviously my tennis issue came into play and, yeah. and, you know, it became like my, my, my project that I, I could, you know, feel like I'm, you know, building something and kind of have that, that drive again. Yeah. So like what inspired, um, my tennis HQ, like what, what, you know, how did you come up with, with that idea? Cause most, you know, coaches, like they're just coaching, you know, at a club or something like that, but you actually took the step of going online and, and putting out some great content. So how did that start for you? Yeah, it was actually the the idea was my 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 partner's gi. Who, he was a Pepperdine player, good player, cool. and he had you know done a lot of research on his spare time on you know building you know using SEO stuff and Google AdSense mm-hmm. to create you know websites mm-hmm. and organic traffic and things like that. So we actually started just as a website, not a YouTube channel. Um, you know, writing response articles and just kind of, you know, at first you're writing pretty much to nothing, to nobody. <laughs> but, um, you know, yeah, we just started the website, started doing all this, like writing all these articles, response articles, stuff like that for, you know, what people, we look at the SEO, what people are, are searching and stuff. And it started off like that. And then, you know, I had kind of like a, I always enjoyed like photography, videography was something that I, I enjoyed. And my, and my friend was like, look, I think obviously a YouTube channel would be, um, you know, with my, you know, with your, my experience and, you know, me being on the court a, a lot more than you was, it would have 
we felt like I I think that that's that's something that might might take off, you know. And you know, I can coach and and make these videos and make this like little project. So uh, you know, we started the YouTube channel as well, um, kind of a few months after the the, the website and eventually like i just took over youtube i was like mm -hmm. you know we kind of made it where i was just gonna do the youtube part of it and kind of not knowing you know exactly how we're, how to grow it and it just just you know making videos and hopefully hoping it, it would stick and you know it worked out <laughs> i think uh people you know appreciated like a lot of the con the content i was putting out and you know, we started with a lot of record reviews and things like that because that was a little bit easier for you know people to find us but then eventually you know i wanted my 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 passion is like teaching it so i you know i wanted to make the, the channel more focused on instructional stuff and and it just worked out man we i think had like 300 subscribers in like may of like 2020 you know and now we're like close to That's breaking 40,000 so it just worked out like really well that that way and you know Guy and I we complement each other really well in, in our skills so you know he does a lot of the back end stuff and you know I'm just kind of doing like most of the YouTube stuff so it's been like it's been really it's been a really fun project yeah definitely uh definitely been enjoying your content you know some like I said great uh footage with other great players and you know you've got like so uh, server turn tips and um, tactics, uh, simple strategies, uh, all these things. Um, but it, it's funny. I think the very first um, video that I saw was of you hitting with uh, Naomi Osaka. Um, and so you, yep. uh, you know, practice with her so much. So can you tell us about how that uh, relationship stemmed and then, you know, like how frequent you're hitting and just any other interesting details about that? Yeah, we... You know, I, 2019, I was just, you know, in LA, you know, doing my thing and I had a few people call me, like, I remember this one week, a few people call me about like, what are you doing? Would you be interested in be a hitting partner? Or there's, they, they, they wouldn't tell me who it was. They were just like, oh, there's like a big female stars moving to LA <laughs> and, you know, they're, they're going to look for someone like to hit with and be kind of like a fixed hitting partner. And I was like, you know, I'm not tied to anything, just to have them reach out and, you know, we'll see. But they won't tell me any details. And, and I didn't hear from anyone from her camp for, for months. Um, mm. I think they were still playing like the Asian tour and, and, uh -huh. and um, WTA finals, all that. And then like later that, in that 2019, I think it was like November, November or something. I got a text from her, from her agent. We met up. And it was like, oh, let's do a little tryout. You know, the, we were training at UCLA. And, you know, the, the coach was also new. Wim had just kind of came mm -hmm. in as well. And we all started like in December of 2019, just training um, in, at UCLA, doing doing our thing. And then all of a sudden, you know, I was going to Australia. Like they were like, yeah, let's, <laughs> you're ready to go. I was like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so we ended up going Sweet. to Australia. Uh, obviously, it wasn't the best Australia at the time. We came back we started training again here and you know obviously covid hit so that was that was weird but uh that was yeah. a weird year but but yeah i i you know i'm the guy who does a lot of the la training i i didn't do a lot of some of the traveling outside the us because i'm actually in the process of getting my green card so I'm, you know i can't i can't really 
leave right. and come back. So I have to wait for that. So, you know, but the LA part of it, you know, I, I, I you know, I've done, you know, we do eight week because during the, the pandemic, there was not, not a lot for us to play. So we trained a lot. So to do like, you know, eight weeks straight, um, you know, or, and then before Australia, we also had like a really big, um, big training block. I remember like before this past Australia that she won, I was like, she's winning that tournament, like a hundred percent, like. You know, I obviously didn't bet on it, it was, but I, I, if I had to, I would have put money on her because I was like, she's playing lights out. Um, so, yeah, it's been a really, really fun journey. Obviously, we won the US Open. You know, I was there when, when she won the US Open last year. And yeah, she just, you know, it's been it's been awesome. I think like, you know, I learned a lot. I learned, you know, women, I have a great relationship. So we, you know, I, I think most of the reason why why i do it is not necessarily i don't really care about you know hitting with a superstar or it, it's not like i don't i'm not chasing any cloud for who i work with naomi i actually i'm right. there because i want to learn you know from from you know a, a coach like Wim and from a player like her that you know has to deal with so much so much pressure to to win yeah. matches and stuff like that so it's, it's just an environment that a, a good learning environment for me and you know, it's been, it's been a great journey. And plus I, I enjoy it. I enjoy, I don't, I don't particularly enjoy the traveling as much. Um, but the, the work here in LA, um, I find it to be really fun, you know, to, to go out and train and, you know, be out there and helping. So, um, it's been, it's been a really fun, like a couple of years, obviously ups and downs, but, but can't complain. Won a couple of grand slams and, you know, and she's in a good spot. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's great to hear, you know, he's such a, great teammate uh helping uh her out and you know your teammates at ucla so curious you know she's obviously like a big superstar so um uh the audience would probably be interested in like you know interactions and such but um how's her demeanor generally and like on the practice court any other insights i think i a lot of people just ask me about her like oh is she like 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 that like how we see it on tv you know what i mean like um I, I get a lot of those questions. Like a lot of people maybe mm. may think it's a little bit of an act, you know, she, she's a hundred percent like her. And I think that's, that's something that people like have a hard time, like realizing, like she, um, is incredibly nice. Like, you know, almost okay. like too nice. Like when we were hitting, you know, like says sorry all the time. <laughs> the ball. I'm like, I'm like, what are you, like, stop apologizing. You know what I mean? Like, you're <laughs> fine. And, you know, she's, she's really, um, thoughtful, thoughtful in a lot of ways. Cool. You know, she's always like, remembers everyone's birthday and gets them gifts. And, and uh, she's really, like, she's a really sweet person. Yeah. She's really, really so sweet. Cool. She, she's just, I think a lot of people, I think that there's an expectation of, I know, if you're a superstar, you sort of act, have to act a certain way, right? Cause you, you just, you know, you have sponsorships, you have, you know, a million, a billion fans and she's just a very introverted person. Mm-hmm. And that's whenever people talk about her and the mental health stuff, stuff like that, I was like, people like, she's just introverted. Like she, the, her personality doesn't really match what she does. Right. Like, right, it's, right. It's, yeah, I think, it, I think if she could, she probably would just be the best in the world, but like be unbothered. Um, yeah. But, you know, it comes with responsibility and she's still figuring out how to navigate that. And it, it's been, it, you know, she became a superstar really quickly. And a lot of the off-course stuff that she has to do, it's draining. It's draining for, for an introverted person. Like, yeah. 
human interaction for introverted people is draining. So uh, people just need to understand that, that like, so, you know, they're not robots. These athletes are not robots. Yes, a guy like Federer, Djokovic, or Nadal, they've been able to like handle things a little bit better. Serena as well, they're a little bit tougher, tougher skin. But, you know, we can't just expect, expect that everyone is going to behave the same way. And I think like she, she's, again, she's incredibly kind. I remember like we'd be at, you know, Australia, I remember in Australia, like we, we warmed up and her warmups for matches, like the hitting warm up at least it's, it's short. Like she doesn't like hitting a lot before matches. Um, but she would spend like almost double the time just like signing autographs and taking pictures mm. afterwards because that really, it really matters to her. It matters that like she's making an impact um, on kids, on on people. So um, I think just it, she's almost like sometimes in over her head a little bit. Like she wants to do so much and help so many people that sometimes it's you know she has to learn to be selfish a little bit. Sometimes like hey, I'm gonna take my time. I'm not gonna do maybe this shoot or I'm not gonna you know, do this interview or whatever, and I'm just going to take my time. So I think she's still figuring that out. But she is incredibly nice. She's incredibly kind. And I think, like, you know, people that, you know, they've been kind of, like, mean about, you know, her recent issues, like, they, they just don't really get it, which is understandable. But, you know, they don't really, they're not there on a the day-to-day to understand it. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of, like, mean jerks, keyboard warriors, honestly. Yeah. It's, like, ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that that's really neat, really cool to hear. I feel like you should uh, you should also be her spokesman, you know? I think that was a really good explanation. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I, I, in a weird way, like, I, I, I'm, like, I sympathize, like, you know, I can even get a little protective about it because I'm just, sure. like, she's just like a sweet yeah. person that you guys are not around, you know? And I, I'm, a, I'm, right. I'm a fairly introverted person, too, and I, I understand that like interactions can be draining and sometimes you just need to be left alone. And, you know, I hope she can find sort of like a, a better balance of that. You know, like I can, I need to just do my thing. I, you know, maybe I'll, you know, I won't do as many shoots or I won't do as many, many things, but she's also passionate about a lot of the things that she's doing off court. So just kind of finding like a better balance. I think she, she's still like young and hasn't figured that yeah. out as much. Also like, what do we know? You know? Like, right. Exactly. We don't know what it, what do we know? Like, yeah. we don't know what's like to walk around and people are just like, you know, always like taking pictures of you or always, you know, trying to like talk to you. And they feel like they know you and they don't know you. They, they know social media stuff. But so it's just, you know, we don't know anything about that. So we have to, I think, give Cutter a little bit of slack. And, you know, we're actually supposed to start practicing soon again. So that's good oh, news awesome. for, you know, the Naomi fans. So yeah, maybe uh, some more videos if she doesn't mind. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she'll, she'll be back. She'll be back. Don't worry, guys. Cool, awesome. Yeah, yeah. People just like love to criticize. I don't know. It's yeah, it's crazy. These days, it's, people just want to take sides and be, be. It's not your. It's not your life. It's not your, like your issue. Just like let yeah. it be. You know. Yeah, I mean, they spend too much on time, uh, time on that instead of bettering themselves. You know. But anyway, yeah, exactly. I guess so. Stop preaching there. <laughs> but um, yeah. so uh, <laughs> as far as her uh, like practice demeanor like is she really intense on on the court i know you said that she says sorry and stuff but is she like super intense or like relaxed or how's that how's she with that um i'd say we're pretty relaxed um uh, i think in terms of like playing we're both like me and her like we're similar in uh she's a she's a big like intuition player not necessarily like as like game plan 
and that she she's a player. She understands her game plan of overpowering people. She she she's a she's a feel and intuition person. You know, she she it's almost like that the Caribbean side of her. You know, like the Haitian side <laughs> of her. Um, yeah, but she's very. Um, so the, the training usually is like you know a big warm up before we even play almost like an hour warm up. Then she will hit the hits aren't aren't that long. They're very sharp focused, but not necessarily that that long. She goes into to fitness immediately after, and she. I'll, I'll tell you guys like I few people can like will hang with her in fitness. Like she can take pain. Like she can, you know, fight through like you know soreness and tiredness. Like very few people have been around like it's actually Damn. very impressive so her physical like natural like, kind of physical gifts are are incredible uh her, her fitness sessions are are pretty pretty tough um but just overall on, on the court like anyone else i mean there are days that she's uh, you know very on it and there are days that you you know we can tell that she's not as uh, she's not there as much and we'll make that a shorter practice we'll you know adjust uh, and I think that's a, that's the coach's responsibility to 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 find that balance. I think it's unrealistic if you think that every session, every pro player hits, it's perfect and it's 100% intensity and they love being there. It's not. <laughs> it's not. And it, it is not. Like others half the time, yeah. or a lot of the times, they just don't want to be there. They're they're not having a good day. They're not. They you know. And we just got to adjust to that. But she, you know, in, in contrast of like her sort of like in, intuition, kind of what I say, like Haitian, sort of like more malleable, fun side. She she's also, you know, has her Japanese side where she, you know, she'll mm. do what she's told to do. And she, you know, again, she will, she will do all the reps. She will not cut any corners. And and it's it's very impressive as, you know, it, she, 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 you know, trains trains hard and trains and she's ready to go. And she loves, she actually enjoys, she enjoys the competition and stuff. So everything that's happened recently, like that she's not enjoying competition. It's, you know, it's actually, um, you know, it's, she needed a time off because she actually really, you know, she almost gets bored sometimes at practice. Like she's kind of ready to go play, you know? Mm. So, you know, she loves that side of it. So, you know, that's where we want to bring it back, bring back that, that sort of passion for the competition. Yeah, hundred percent, man. Just curious, like, do you? I mean, do you guys like text sometimes or keep in contact? Like, I'm just curious about the relationship. Every once in a while, nothing. Yeah. You know, I, I I always took the the approach of you know give her the space. You know, we all right. You know, we're all friendly and cordial and stuff, but we also um, professional you know, technically work for, work for her. So you know, right. we want to keep it. You know, she has her thing. She has yeah, obviously a lot going on, and you know. With, with her boyfriend as well. I think they, they go to a lot of events and stuff like that. Mm. They're just living a different lifestyle that we live. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we text, you know, like I, I, we, uh, I love cars and like, I remember we, she, she drives this like awesome Nissan GTR, but she, mm. she recently was like into, she wanted to get like a classic Bronco and like we ah. went back and forth for a while finding like, uh, you know, the right Bronco for her. And she, she bought it as amazing. Like, I think 1960 something Bronco. Oh wow! something Bronco. It's beautiful. Yeah. So you know, we we are definitely like I, I would say we're like good buddies, but you know, again, she, she we're just in such different worlds that it's almost like difficult to relate to each other at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, feel that man. Thanks for the insights with Naomi. So, mm-hmm. 
Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I uh, wanted to also get into some like match strategies slash tactics that you think would, would work well for like 3.5 to 5.0 players. I know that's still a little bit of a range there, but um, just some yeah. simple ones that you think we can implement. And, 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 you know, you do have a great video that people should check out on uh, my Tennis HQ's YouTube channel. But yeah, just take it away with that. <laughs> I, I think um, it, we get a lot of this, this, questions on tactics i think on the channel and mm-hmm. i for the most part like, almost like avoided because i think tactics wise i think what people are usually are looking for is like oh like this this winning pattern or this mm-hmm. like sh- where when should i hit each ball i'm like in tennis i i just find it to be so fluid so personal like we a, a shot that i see it very well that like if this ball comes i'm maybe gonna go for example it's my back and down the line a lot of people just don't have that so yeah, i can right. like, be teaching like oh when you see this ball hit this ball because you might not have the it tools anyway so i i try to keep it in a one i think you three fives to four fives five fives you guys one need to figure out who you are as a player you know what i mean like figure out you know am i hyper aggressive am i more of a counter puncher am i more of a you know the heavy topspin guy and you have to play to those strengths i think that's mm-hmm. that's number one number two it's you know it, it's keeping it kind of simple i think a lot of people think that they have to do so much with the ball all the time when most mm-hmm. of the time is you, you just kind of have to manage it and, and and get the ball back in play now right. there's there's basic things like you know if you're on the run if you're if you're feeling a little out of position, maybe play the cross court, play a little more height, a little more margin. Those things are universally, you know, they work at pros, they will work at uh, at lower level. So most of the stuff, it's it, it's just keeping things basic. I think playing with a bit more height is important. I think um, a lot of players try to like, they want to play through the court and they just play, they either miss in the net or they, they play this kind of perfect ball into the, the strike zone. Uh, play with a bit more height is always, always important so the ball lands deeper I, I i talk a lot about depth on the channel like depth the depth is what actually drives mistakes power doesn't really drive mistakes that much people get used to power but depth like it's hard to get used to but just in general like keep keep things simple like find like what are the shots that you really enjoy hitting that you see really well and know also the ones that you don't like as much and the ones that you don't like just manage just keep it in a big target hopefully deep on the court and and, and and get yourself into a, uh, like an opportunity to then hit the ball that you love. You know what I mean? Like I, then each person is going to have a different one. It can be a forehand inside out. It can be a forehand down the line. It can be like 
we all have like one or two balls that like we truly enjoy hitting and you sort of have to just play the point for that but most i would i would say keep it simple in terms of like don't go down the line when you're out of position like or if you're too far back if you're playing down the line like maybe play with a little more height if you're too far back but in general play more cross play more middle actually it's important and not feel like you need to play perfect i think that's a, that's one thing it's like not every ball actually needs to land perfectly back there maybe a, a sometimes a crappy ball that lands like on the tee it's gonna do yeah. like a lot more you know, we get those zone. questions as well it's like yeah. yeah out of the strike zone if you can play out of the strike zone it's better so don't don't overthink like tactics especially you know if you a lower level player you don't have all this the tools all the shots just like figure out the ones that you got especially that day if you're playing a match it's like what's working today what's not let's avoid what's not working like practice court i'll 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 figure that out later on um and just you know again just just go to war you got to go to war out there i think tactically like um impose your game don't let them impose your game their game it's always a Play to where they're not. I think Rafa like used to have said, said something one time. Like they asked him about tactics, and he was like, "I just play, try to play where they're not." <laughs> you know I mean? it's like, Simple. And, and, I, and I think that's sometimes I, I'm a big like hope. I hope to simplify things for a lot of people, and I think you guys have to simplify yourself because otherwise, you can really go down a, a bad like, oh, yeah. rabbit hole out there. Yeah, this is too much information. Yeah, it's a lot. There's things. a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah, I love that, man. Thanks. And uh, so you, uh, I mean, I watched that video on your um, serve returns, like you were like crushing like Chris Eubanks' serve uh, down the line and all that. So I was wondering if you can give our audience, you know, obviously return so important besides the serve, uh, you know, second most maybe, but um, what are some tips to to help us get, you know, more returns in the court and also hit more effective returns? I mean, the video covers it fairly well but first technically i think there's um you know a few things that you you got to do make sure like you know quick shoulder turns like shorter back swings are always important um you know good split steps well-timed split steps are 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 very important because you you can get stuck very easily and you know like i said in the videos like you kind of have to be proactive about trying to return i think a lot of people just kind of like hope the serve comes to them and (laughs) You know, I'm, think about when you're a server. You're not trying to serve to the guy, right? Like you're actually <laughs> trying to serve away from them. So you have to be looking. They're not going to try to serve to me. And you, you, you can look at patterns. You can look at, you know, if you know the person, you kind of know maybe they love the slice serve more than the T serve. Or um, you returning is like you're not necessarily supposed to win those games, right? So if you can, in due time. You almost like use the the return games to analyze the, the other player a little bit more, analyze the serve. Eventually, you you kind of get a feel for what they're doing on the serve, what they're trying to do on the serve, and it, it will help a lot. So make sure, like, you know, again with the technical part, you continue to accelerate through it. Don't try to just block it. You know, I I actually tend to stand a little bit further away from the baseline nowadays. I used to be a more of a block returner. Now I actually don't don't find them as effective. Mm-hmm. And it really depends on the player, but gives yourself give you a little bit extra time to actually make a, a good swing at it and not just react. But my main thing and I, I say in the video, it's like, you know, be proactive and don't get don't stick to like a, a losing strategy. If if you play three, four games on the returns, you're barely getting to thirty. Not even breaking, but you're barely getting to 30 on their games. You got to do something else, you know, back up, play a high happy ball or 
really like you know that the Eubanks match is actually the opposite. I started a little further back, and then it's just not working. So I just step right on top of the baseline. I'm like you know ace me, and you know I have fast hands, so I can I can block it back. Not I wouldn't necessarily say is the best strategy, but like I gave him a different look, and all of a sudden like I was seeing double faults. I was seeing like you know things that weren't weren't seen before. So you gotta like mess with with the server because otherwise like it's very easy to be a server when you kind of know the, the the returner isn't really trying to do anything different and you just kind of find a winning strategy and you stick to it and if they don't adjust you're probably going to win the match so be be like proactive about that yeah a lot of great advice there uh definitely you know as well it's worked for me to vary like my positions and try to figure out what works and you know sometimes like i'd mm-hmm stand you know closer to the t on the do side to like dare them to hit to my forehand and give them less space yeah, in the backhand exactly. and all those exactly. things so yeah you got to do those things you got to kind of you know dare them to hit a serve they don't like good serve like, you know a good return is going to make the guy serve where where they want them to serve so um and again you only need it to happen in maybe once a set hopefully so don't feel like you need to break all the time you just have to like make them play make those games harder like hard like make the games hard and it should be okay yeah yeah definitely man appreciate it so do you want to again you know shout out the youtube channel um what what can we expect next coming down the pike from my tennis hq we have i have the third video uh that uh, of the return series that is going to be about second serves um nice so that should be out probably on monday or tuesday and then i actually filmed uh a practice with marcos recently where um where i'm actually like mic'd up so like kind of talking through it and then marcos is actually mic'd up we kind of like we switch back and forth Love that. Um, so that's going to be interesting just sort of like you know play the point out and kind of hear some thoughts and things like that so i got that going on um so that should be out in the next week or, or two weeks or so and then yeah like you know more and more videos i i you know trying to make myself a little bit more available to create more content we we soon want to like launch some courses some online courses that um, you know we will pick up you know a topic you know i i have a couple couple in mind like you know changing directions um you know that would be like kind of like a little video series so i want to launch that we want to launch that like fairly soon so we started like be through a paid wall but um it would be like all this content that you know I, we, we're going to put a little bit extra production into it and, 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 you know, go through drills and things like that. So that would be really fun. Um, we, we've been meaning to do this for a long time, but we're both, you know, incredibly busy and, and sure. it becomes a little bit tricky sometimes But that. Those are the main things. We know we got our, our newsletter. We're going to start like soon, like, you know, if you sign up for the newsletter, getting like some maybe training PDFs and stuff like that. So we, we just got a lot of on the pipeline and we both just, pressed for time these days so that's that's been the tough part but it should be um i think like 2022 is going to be a really good year for us it's going to be fun and i think hopefully we keep you know keep the growth and and keep putting out content that you know people are you know really learning from and using as i don't say i know ne- i would never say like that you i can replace a coach um with my youtube channel and with my videos but you know if i can add some value to the training i think that's that's always been the goal yeah, no, you're doing a great job, and uh, yeah, consistency is key, and and uh, definitely looking forward to all the uh, content that you're going to bring out uh, in the future. A couple more just closing questions. Um, 
do you uh, or what would uh, be three books that you would gift to a friend to help them play better tennis? Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> tennis books. Tennis books are that's, that's an interesting question. I think, and they could uh, be non-tennis I, books if you think they'd help. Yeah, as well. I read recently. So there's, I used to one. I used to do this thing when I was like playing. I felt a little. Um, it's it's probably my favorite book um, that I've read. But I used to listen to before matches if I was feeling like I don't know just not there. If I was like complaining too much, if I felt like I was being like a little soft about like being on the tour, sometimes I'd I'd listen to the subtle art of not giving a fuck. Oh yeah, uh, can, can uh, yeah, That's but I. But that is a great. There's like a couple chapters there that like would that would put me yeah Mark Manson that that would put me in like a in a good mindset to play, which is kind of funny. Uh, there's like there's one chapter I'm pretty sure it's called like you are not special. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> right. I'll, li- I'll listen. I'll listen to that one and just be like, you know what? Like stop, stop being soft. Just go out and play. Like you're you know you don't have all these problems. You're fine um so that is i i enjoy that book a lot i think you can always uh uh translate into um you know kind of like you know a tennis kind of philosophy as well uh another book that i actually recently read and i i actually now i've gotten into a lot is called breath um Mm. it's like the lost art of breathing um and how you know you know there's like stuff about Wim Hof breathing and, oh, yeah. and you know, how, you know, peak performance athletes, like you know, if you can control your breathing better, there's all, all the studies and thousands of years of like, it's almost like a history of, uh, you know, how to breathe. Um, and it's fantastic. And I'm pretty sure I, I don't want to, I don't know. I've heard this. I don't know if it's true, but I've heard like Nori actually is working with a, a breath specialist. This it's past working. Year, so <laughs> It's working. You know what I mean? It's working. <laughs> I mean, the guy can go for days and stuff. So I, I, I don't, I would, I would, I'd have to ask him next time I see him, but I yeah. heard this, this before. So, you know, it's, I think reading like that kind of changed my life. Let's say changed my life completely. But like I, I was reading, I was like blown away. I was like, how does, like, how do we know, not know this? Like I, I was just like mind blown about like the fact that like we are actually breathing wrong and, and not people aren't talking about this more often, um, which is bananas. So I, I, that's those are probably the two books that I would, uh, you know, for me it made a, a huge difference. I don't think I read that many like tennis specific books. I actually had a, a a less like one of my my students' parent sent me this book by uh, what was the name of the book? I have to I have to figure it out. I'll tell you later. But he's like, no if problem. you switch, yeah, if you switch, like you know. It's about like I think like archery or something, but if you switch, oh. you know, the philosophy from archery to tennis, it, it, it translates well. But I have to, I have to look that up. And yeah, cool. yeah I think those are probably my two main books. I, again, I don't really read too much about tennis. Obviously, there's the Winning Ugly is obviously a classic, but yeah. it's it's such a such a good book for that. I think people need to understand that sometimes that winning shouldn't be pretty, you know, in a lot of ways. So that's that's just a classic. I think everyone should read. Yeah, just like what you were talking about in the beginning of the interview. Yeah, it's funny. I was listening to, uh, you know, a subtle art of not giving an F um, a few months ago, like in Orlando on vacation, yeah. like just while I was working yeah. out and yeah, before yeah. tennis. So good stuff. Yeah, the audio book is really good. And there's another yeah. one. There's the, there's the, 
everything is F. I don't know if you've seen oh, yeah, yeah. F. The, there's a there's a, a, a sequel with both both of them are really good. I really enjoy it. Cool. Yeah. Actually, thanks for reminding me. I haven't read the sequel, so that that that'll be a good yeah. one to put on the list. Um. So, uh, another question that's you know could be fun is, uh, what is a message that you would put on a billboard if you could like erect a billboard on like the most highly trafficked mm-hmm. you know road in in Cali or or wherever you want? Like, what what is the message you would put on it? Something I don't, I don't know exactly how I'd phrase it, but it's something along the lines of like you know, don't really force anything, just sort of let like life do its thing. I think in a lot of times, you know, I, I, in tennis and life in general, I, you know, you want to like control so much of it, of what happens and, and eventually cer- certain opportunities, certain things just, you know, end up, you know, almost coming to you. Obviously you keep, you keep working hard on your own craft or on your own, whatever it is that you do. But, you know, if you just, if you're just like a good person and you do the right things, I think, you know, opportunities will come and, and the right thing will come. Like, like I said, like I look sometimes back at my, you know, when I did these interviews and I, and I think about it, it's like, Oh, I, you know, I didn't force lending at UCLA. It, it just happened. I was meant to, to go there. I think you're just, mm-hmm. you know, you have a path that you're sort of meant to, to be at. And, you know, through the ups and downs, I think you just kind of have to, you know, not force it again, not force it and just kind of let it, let it happen you know, control, obviously the things that you can control. I don't know exactly how I'd put that in a billboard, but something <laughs> along those lines. I read it recently, like, just don't force anything for a relationship or if it's a this or that, that it seems forced, I, it, it's probably not the right thing. So, um, you know, just finding the right balance between, you know, what you can control and what you can, what you just sort of have to, you know, let it, let it be. Yeah, no, I love that. I wonder if this, you know, this may be like a huge <laughs> overgeneralization, which I apologize for. But like, I had two Brazilian teammates uh, when I played college tennis. Uh, shout out to to John and Fernando. But uh, I felt like they were like really chill too, and like they never forced anything. Always relaxed, like always fun to be around. So I don't know. Is that is that kind of like a, a cultural thing in Brazil? Is most people like that? Would you say? I th- no. I think so. I think okay. in Brazil we're a more relaxed country that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I've been in America for a long time, and I often find myself, you know, doing very American habits and thinking <laughs> about things that are like sometimes yeah. you know you're thinking Don't about do like too much of that a portfolio or like this, and that people are so worried about their stocks and, <laughs> and they're just like going, oh yeah, everyone's so it's day so trading about that sometimes <laughs> exactly. And I'm just yeah. Kind of like, Okay, like you know, sometimes I need to pull myself away from it, and I I do give the very like chill vibe. I understand that, but like it's it's not. I'm not. I'm I'm actually like you know I usually a little bit you know anxious and thinking about the future mm-hmm. a lot and and this yeah. and that. I'm 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 constantly. I think the tennis court is the place that I'm more like present and mm. I'm able to just. This is my craft, but everything else in life, you just like you know can get a little bit you know, anxious, you know, I'm away from family and, you know, dealing with like all these things and you just end up, you know, you can get really overwhelmed by it. And then eventually you just have to bring yourself, pull yourself back and be like, it's gonna, it's gonna be okay. You know what I mean? You can have a little bit more relaxed approach to it. So yeah, I would say like we were, we, I wish I was actually more Brazilian that way, (laughs) a little bit more relaxed. I I feel like sometimes I'm not as relaxed as I, I would like to be, but, um, yeah, I, I, that's sort of like my, what I, I strive for. I, I don't think I succeed as much, but I, I at least strive for to, to have that sort of like, 
you know, a little bit more relaxed, present mindset, actually being overly thinking about the future, which, you know, again, on a tennis court is what you need to like, you don't exactly you don't want to think about the possibility of like five, three, and you're going to choke. And then you start like going in this snowball. Like you just got to, you know, it's five, three, 15 love. I just got to think about the next point. That's so hopefully I can, you know, if you can do this on the day to day life, maybe you can do that on your, on the court as well. Exactly. Stay present. Yeah. You've, yeah. I think you've just been here too long, man. You got to remember your roots. Uh, <laughs> I know. I have, to, I have to go to, I have to go to Brazil. Once I get, once the green card is out um, and I can travel again, I think, you know, I'm going to spend a little bit of time in Brazil again. Just, just decompress. I love it here. Don't get me wrong. I live like, I literally can see sure. the beach from my window right now. So oh, that's I, sick. You know? Yeah. So I, I, I love it out here, but you know, sometimes you just got to pull back a little bit. Yeah, yeah, check out the beaches over there. So, um, yeah. cool, man. Well, oh yeah. Also, uh, are there any social accounts or anything that uh, that people should check out for you? At my tennis HQ on Instagram, and I think on TikTok as well. Um, not that we're using as much TikTok, but it's there. Um, I, I for for a little bit I was doing some TikTok stuff, but it's just too much. There's too many things. I, I like yeah. the long format. I'm not a big guy. I actually like to be able to explain everything more details. So yeah, my tennis issue on the channel. That's the one that, you know, if you want to subscribe and that's that, you know, that's the one where we, we truly, you know, appreciate that one. Uh, but yeah, my tennis issue on social media and obviously the, the website, my Definitely, definitely. And we're going to have uh, all the links that we mentioned on the show today, you know, my106q.com and the YouTube channel, uh, newsletter link. Maybe I'll um, contact you for that one or I'll find it, uh, Karu, and, you know, the socials and, and all that. So, yeah, just check out the show notes page and, and you'll be able to click all those. So, uh, Karu, I just want to let you have the, the floor for uh, anything else you want to tell the viewers um, before we sign off today. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> Anything you want. <laughs> That's that a good one. One, don't switch from tennis to pickleball. Oh, uh, man. That's... Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay so that's dude that, that, that's the floor that i'm that i'm uh <laughs> that i'm gonna use the platform to 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 vouch for tennis and not pickleball dude, dude that, playing pickleball that's um, awesome and then um <laughs> yeah i mean just, you know like anything i think if you if you're playing tennis if you remember that like for most of you listening i, I don't think playing tennis is your job um, yeah, it's just a fun activity that you have, and I think it's good that it's competitive. And it's, you know, a lot of people I think really enjoy tennis because of the competition that one on one on one that you really don't get in mo most sports. But just remember, it's like it's it's a hobby that you got, and it's fun. It's supposed to be fun. If you're just, you know, losing your mind over, uh, you you think you're losing because of your racket, your strings, and you you're, you're going bananas about things that like. It's not, you know, it, it, it's just you being on the court and having a good time. And I think that you probably know whenever you played really well, you're having a lot of fun. So try yeah. to have fun playing tennis. I think that's that's something that I often, you know, I hope tennis can 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 be fun for a lot of people. I think tennis just in general is a difficult sport to, to start because it takes so long for you to be able to, like, maintain a rally or something. Right. Um, but. That's why I think a lot of people play pickleball. So, you know, in tennis <laughs> is, is one of those things that, um, you know, it's going to take some time, but it, you'll be rewarded at the end. So have some fun with it. It's going to be a long journey, but it's going to be a good time. So uh, that, that, that would be my thing. 
Yeah, I love that. Great advice. Though it's actually so funny, you know, laughing hard about the pickleball thing. Um, yeah, I mean, first off, it's definitely rough, you know, as a tennis player to like, you know, I've seen like a lot of the courts get like taken over from, you know, by yeah. pickleball, and that's, you know, that's tough to see. I mean, totally, you know, pickleball, like, yeah, it's it's great activity, like as far as you get out there, you get exercise and everything. But tennis, obviously, is is a great sport, and you know, you could try to play both, I guess. But yeah, one of my yeah. one of my yeah, one of my buddies actually, like I'd only played pickleball once at like some conference just to try it out. And my one of my good friends like needed a partner for a tournament. So I was like, Yeah, sure, I'll play. So it's next week and I you know, I practiced with with him once and you know, as a tennis player, I don't want to sound like elitist or anything, but I felt like, you know, like this is this is not that hard. Um <laughs> but no, I, I'm, no, I'm sure there's it's a good exercise. You know, I actually won a right. pickleball tournament recently. It was like a oh, dude, like, cool. Just like club event. Yeah, um, but there were some good like pickleball players in it, and I was like, yeah, yeah. it's fun, and you have to figure it out. I think it's not it's not bad at all, but it is like, you know, it's a little. There's not a lot of consequences into just smacking that ball because it doesn't really go anywhere. So you don't have to have this perfect. Uh, obviously, again, it makes it fun. It makes it a good exercise, and you don't have to like you know spend years and years playing learning how to play tennis. So I understand right. the appeal. Right. But let's right. start like like let's build like pickleball courts yes that don't take tennis courts away separate that, that, that's my thing let's do a separate thing and more padel we should have more padel here in america but that was oh fun. yeah that's pretty you know, neat. with the it's... glass with the glass box and stuff that's yeah, the, yeah, that's yeah. a fun that is a fun fun racket sport if you want to play a fun racket sport that's that's the one so, <laughs> and i play i play beach tennis here too which is kind of fun too but uh, padel is uh, like the, the coolest one very cool yeah, very cool Strong opinions, crew. I like it. I like it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I shoot straight. I don't care. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the way to do it, man. Uh, so awesome, crew. Well, you know, we've been talking for a while, and I really do appreciate your time. I know you're very busy. You got some big projects coming out. So uh, just let me know if I could help with any of that. But uh, it was really fun, man. So so thank awesome. you for your time, and uh, hopefully speak with you again soon. And have a great uh, great day. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, and uh, I'll see you soon. Thanks, man. All right. I really hope that you enjoyed my interview with Carousel, this part two of it. And thanks again to for Carew, uh, to Carew for speaking with me for nearly two hours. Figured it would be good to break it up for you all and let me know what you think about these two-parters, uh, if you have any feedback on that. And uh, speaking of which, I would really love your feedback uh, as a whole on the Tennis Files podcast and so if you could leave a review for the show on Apple Podcasts at tennisfiles.com slash Apple Podcasts or on your podcast app of choice that you use to listen to the show, it would be very highly appreciated so that we can get over 100 ratings. Um, I believe we're at 99 right now, so it'd be pretty awesome. Hopefully we've surpassed by that time, but uh, at this point of time of the recording, we're at 99. So get us over that hump, please. Thank you. And I also do want to leave you with a quote, as I often love to do, to do at the end of the show. And this one is short and sweet by David Goggins. And David said, mental toughness is a lifestyle. Definitely love that. Got to really ingrain it in your mind and uh, endear yourself to mental toughness. Otherwise, uh, especially if you don't have it, uh, it's probably not going to happen without a lot of hard work and dedication to the craft. Alrighty then. Well, thanks a lot for listening to this episode of the podcast and looking forward to continuing to serve you with great content. And with that, 
I will see you on the next episode of the Tennis Files Podcast. This is Mayor Bonaranshad signing out. Thanks for listening to the Tennis Files Podcast. For more tips to help you improve your tennis game, visit TennisFiles.com.